Hi there, this is Ann Angela Webb, the Animal Intuitive. I wanted to make sure that you knew about my free intro to telepathic animal communication class. It's called Unlocking the Secrets of Telepathic Animal Communication. And you can get the class by just going to my website, intuitivetouchanimalcare.com, and heading on over to the courses page. Also, if you would like to watch this episode or to check out my extensive video playlist, use the link in the description for the Animal Intuitive channel on YouTube. And finally, leaving me a positive review helps the channel more than you know. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome, animal advocates, compassionate souls out there. Today, I'm thrilled to introduce you to a force of unwavering dedication and compassion in animal rights activism creating a world where every animal is valued and protected. Hello, this is the Animal Intuitive Channel, where we learn about animal communication, holistic animal care, like pressure massage. We support pet parents, and we hear from animal advocates and experts like today's guest, Janelle Babington, the executive director of Animal Victory, a trailblazing advocacy group committed to confronting and combating animal abuse through the power of petitions. Welcome, Janelle. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. And if anybody is here in the chat and they have questions as we're going along, please feel free to put those uh, comments right in the chat. So first off, Janelle, please tell us what exactly Animal Victory does. Animal Victory is a compassionate advocacy group, and we fight animal abusers in court using petitions. So our primary mission is to get the judge or the jury to not dismiss animal abuse cases. And there's a lot of reasons why they can be dismissed. So we, we, our goal is to get as many signatures as possible. That will always be our goal and get it right into the target's hands to say, these are the people that do not want this to happen. That sort of thing. Okay. So you deal with some really challenging issues because, and and just to say the reason that I even, the reason I, or how I found somehow I ended up, I think I must've signed something or somehow got sent something and I signed it. And then I started getting your petitions and your newsletters and I've been getting them for a long time. And it finally occurred to me to reach out and have you on the show. So Maybe tell people a little bit about the kinds of cases that you deal with, with what you're doing, maybe some specific stories. Well, we got a lot of stories. Let's see, Penny and I started in 2019. And when we first started our petitions, we started, we both, we both have backgrounds, obviously, but with animal abuse stories and things of that nature. If you want to talk about that later, happy to tell you about that. So we started with dogs and cats and farm animals and you name it. When we heard a story and we thought we can create a petition, let's see what happens. So we were just kind of willy nilly all over the place in the beginning. Any animal, we didn't like the, we didn't like what was done. Let's do a petition. And then we, we, as we became more skilled and and became better at at the petitions and we started to realize what gives us the, the best chance of success. And it was dogs and cats. So we end up primarily primarily focusing on dogs and cats. And, and they are, uh, they are probably like the number one and two animals being abused. And they're the number one and two domestic pets too, obviously. The majority of people have uh, dogs uh, followed by cats. I'm not real good with statistics, by the way. So just kind of don't hold me to anything. Be happy to look it up later. So dogs and cats, we, we primarily focus on because that's where we've had the most success. And we also keep our focus within the United States because that's where we have our most success. It's very hard. We realize later on, geez, we're not getting a reply from China and we're not getting a reply from Puerto Rico or, well, not Puerto Rico, but you know, some of these, some of these countries and we said that we're wasting our time. We only have so many resources to work with. So we focus in the United States on dogs and cats primarily. Okay. So tell us how this works, like step to step, because so many of us sign petitions and then wonder, well, what ever happened to that? Like, what was the, was there any point in me doing that? Where did it go? What, what happens? That's a great question. We, okay. The success of a petition depends on the person that's executing the signatures. You have 
uh, organizations out there, I don't know exactly how they operate, but I, I, I feel like I can safely say this. Let's use change.org for an example. Anyone and everyone can go on there and create a petition for something they're upset about. They can get 10,000 signatures, 30,000, two signatures, whatever. But if they don't do anything with those signatures, nothing's going to happen. And, and I know I've, I've actually talked to people who I've tried to connect with because if we do see somebody with a change.org petition, the same petition we're doing, I'll try to connect and say, hey, I'm happy to take your signatures or your petition and include it with ours and, and get it over to the target. More power to us all. But you, the answer is you don't know what they're doing with it. This is where we feel, this is where our niche is, and this is where, what makes us stand out above the rest. We spend all of our resources making sure that we follow up. We have special software to keep track of all of these cases because these cases can go on for years. So it's all dependent upon the person getting it into the, into the correct targets, the, the, correct, the attorney, the judge, the police officer, whoever the target is. And what happens is these targets change all the time and these cases could last for two and three years. Some do, some don't. So you constantly have to make sure that you're on top of, did the attorney change? Is the attorney still there? Is, did the courthouse change? That, that sort of thing. So that's what will make a petition successful or not. You have to at least have that, put it that way. You have to at least make sure your, your petition's in the right hands. Or So in the beginning, they could send it out. I, I, again, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what other organizations do. We write our petitions in-house, and we only have one writer, and that's Penny Imes. And, and, that's, and Penny Imes has been writing for, for 20 years. So we know what we're writing about. We know that we're going to get the petition sent in. We have our, our system. There, there's about five of us and it's a, it's a, so it's a, it's, it's work like any other job, but that's how our primary goal is to be sure that we get the petition into the, the, the correct person's hands at sentencing. Okay. So even before that, kind of going backward, how do you even find out about these cases? Like where, do, how do you know what, what petitions to put out there? Oh, well, we, we, a lot of people will email us. There's sadly no shortage of animal abuse cases out there, but Penny, they really, the majority of them come from Penny, to be honest with you, because Penny has been writing. So Penny used to write for the examiner and she she was one of the top writers at, it was an online newspaper and she was one of the top animal writers and and she wrote all, all, most of them were abuse cases animal abuse cases, dogs and cats. So she has all of her resources to find them, but it will take us a while to decide, you know, once she finds something, we, her and I, we, we go back and forth. Where is it located? Can we be successful? What do we want to do with this case? Are the people going to like it? Because again, we only have so many resources. And so we have to pick and choose petitions. We'd love to petition for all of them, but we have to just, the software, everything's expensive. So we have to say, where, where can we dedicate our time? Okay, so backing it up. So so Penny really kind of researches this stuff. She knows where to go and find these things out and she's she's connected so she hears about or people will contact you. So yeah. let you know about this too. Yeah, usually Penny it, at least seventy five percent of the time, Penny's Penny's in, in her world over there and everything else she's doing because we also write a lot of national we we continue to write stories. We don't just do petitions. Penny writes stories, we have national animal news. And we are writing all the stories that maybe we can't petition. We're out there creating awareness. So we do, and then we try to do some sweet rescue stories. We, we, we try, we try, we try because people want to hear those, but we're not the dodo. Sadly, you have to go to the dodo for those things. Right. I but mean, um, yeah, and they're, 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 they are very difficult stories. I, I can't imagine being immersed in what you have to deal with just going through just getting them in my email and looking at them sometimes admittedly I will try to just skim it and get the the gist of it because it's a lot to handle so I'm wondering how you even how do you well take this all in oddly I, I I didn't start this way Penny actually started off Penny was doing the abuse stories long before I came into the picture but I remember how how, how disheartening and uncomfortable it was in the beginning and i would tell my husband i this this must be what a police officer goes through they have to see so many horrible things it's almost like you need counseling 
but it's as time goes on we realize the good that we're doing we're not closing our eyes to this we we are i'm we are desensitized without question but there are many stories penny and i can't even do she really struggles with farm animal farm animals so if i see something a, a case penny will say i can't do it can't even look at the story can't read it and and i struggle with the dog and cat meat trade over in china i'm, I'm glad there's lady free thinker out there because she spends a lot of time concentrating on, on some of those countries and those those barbaric situations but there are things like Gunfire, they do like a... can you hear me yeah is that somebody that does something lady free oh, yeah lady free thinker she she does petitions she does she writes petitions i know that so she's she's out there in the world doing a lot of great things for animals so i i bring her up only because she does do a lot of work with the dog cat meat trade and i'm glad somebody's tackling that issue if, if you will we we did one petition on it with somebody in india and it, it i don't know we like to think it helped but Anyway, so yeah, is it tough? Absolutely. There's some stories I am, I just can't get out of my head. And of course we hear this from our people all the time. There's one haunting me now and I, I, I'm so sick over it every day and it has to do with a cat that was sexually abused. And it was the, the details surrounding it, the, the situation are, are some of the most horrid I've heard. So that one continues to haunt me. Um, but the, the the good thing about that is it did get worldwide attention and the case is not done yet. It, it goes to court again in January and he was deemed to be, he's deemed to stand trial. He was deemed fit to stand trial. It was our biggest fear. Was he going to get off and just go to a mental institution? No, he, he knew what he was doing. It, it's, oh, here we go. Here, I'm sorry. I'm up. Oh, we have someone visiting. Yeah, we have my cat visiting. Okay. He just jumped. <laughs> They're welcome here, of course. Yeah. Yeah, one of them heard me, insisted, <laughs> insisted on why I wasn't giving him attention. <laughs> and uh, thank you, Mel Mac, for mentioning that. For anyone who's new here and is not subscribed, I do see most of the people, it's very weird, most of the people who watch this show aren't subscribed. So I'm not good. sure that's about subscribe so the, and hit the notification bell so that you get notified when we're having a new episode. So we can, it is a great community. It's a supportive community. So We'd love to have you subscribe. And we do have a, we have playlist here of everything from these interviews that I'm doing like today to animal massage and acupressure, as well as animal communication lessons, lots of different things. So check those out later after this. So thank you so much, Mel Mac, for, for mentioning that. So what are, what are some of the most difficult kinds of cases that you have to advocate for or against? The most difficult would, I would say, anything to do with stray cat abuse and dog fighting. Both of those are, are two of the most pressing issues I, I feel that we're, that we're facing in this world, how to stop those. Um, it's amazing uh, to hear the, that, that the dog fighting is still a top, as well as spay and neuter, still, the, those two, they're so, they've been around for so long, those issues, and it feels like so much attention. Oh, it's, them, I can't believe it's still, you know, when you talk about it, I just wrote this little quote. I had to copy it down. Bob Barker. He's just one of my favorites. And I just wrote it and he wrote, this is in 2004. He said, there are just too many cats and dogs being born. And this was in 2004. He was talking to the New York times and animals are being euthanized by the millions simply because there are not enough homes for them. In the United States, there's a dog or cat euthanized every 6.5 seconds. Mm-hmm. And, and this is 20 years ago. And, and today the, the, the only thing that's going to help us with animal abuse is 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 getting people to spay and neuter their pets. Is getting some toward some sort of funding, government funding, to spay and neuter. There's just too many animals. Like I don't know what organizations. Again, don't quote me on statistics here, but let's just say it's over seventeen thousand animals are euthanized every day in the United States wow. because there's simply not enough homes for them. And the only way we're going to stop that is to curb the population. There's just too many. It's been going on forever. And we started, Penny and I started this year earlier. We have to, we have to get started, pick it up again. And we will, we caught, we dubbed it begging for help. And we reached out to our supporters and said, let's start, Penny and I said, let's start getting some money into the hands of some of these smaller people, even individuals who are, who are, are spaying and neutering cats, especially because there's just so many of them and, and and you see a lot more stray cats than you do stray dogs 
anyway, we, we said, let's just see what happens. And we had so many people emailing us and, and we, we, we researched and we vetted every single one of them. And what we wanted to do was use our funding to, to give to them for low cost spay and neutering. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things that's bothered me. It's the, it's one of the ways I really got started. To, I really got to this next level too in life because I used to do that for 10 years. I was using my own money in the backyard and spaying and neutering cats and getting them PNR and you name it, getting them fixed and releasing them. And I did that for so long and before I jumped into Animal Victory. So it's, it's, I realize the importance of it. It's, it, and people are out there spending their own money and they, they, they shouldn't have to be spending their own money, but they care and they're out there and they're doing it. And there's a lot of cat lovers out there doing it. But if you don't spay and neuter them, we're just going to have this vicious cycle of abuse. The, the reason there is so much abuse is because there are too many animals. There's just too many dogs and cats. So they're getting euthanized. And I, I don't, I, I'm, I, I'm trying to figure out how no kill shelters can, keep their status also because they they run out of room people think why are you killing them why are you this why are you that where what else are you going to do where are they going to go they're out there now starving on the streets Um, it's it's it's, again don't hold me to statistics but i'm happy if anybody wanted me to look anything up for them i how many there are it's 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 insane it's insane yeah people here who go and spend their own money and do um, all the time. We're hoping to build on that program to get more and more funds. It's, it's we started it, but then of course everything else takes precedence. And but we'll 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 pick it up again in the spring and start promoting it again and just see how we did. We did okay last year. We were able to. I don't have all the, the numbers together, but we worked with one organization in Texas and about three smaller individuals here or there. We just had to kind of handpick. We got so many emails, okay. but uh, but I'm I'm sure we probably got. Oh God, maybe maybe close to a thousand animals spayed, spayed and neutered for our first go round. We thought that was That's good. good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe not that many, but uh, it, it, we, we, there's a good amount. I just have to connect with the people again. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering what are some of the cases that to you really just stand out in your mind or a case that really stands out that kind of keeps you going something in your memory bank that just, you think this is why we Yeah. When I, again, when we first started, we were kind of all over the map trying to figure out what, what, what do people want to hear? What are they going to sign? What are, what are they not going to sign? And we, we, it always comes back down to dogs and cats as the number one petition that, that gets the most signatures. But I remember when we first started and we had a case, we, and I go, I go on a tangent. Cause again, when we first started, we didn't know if people were going to like us. We, we just said, we knew petitions were kind of like mini protests and we would sign them all the time too. And um, we got together because we knew with our combination of skills, we, we could do this together. So um, going back, we started in April, 2019, and it was probably like a, one of our first, second or third petitions. And, and it was um, a guy in the Navy in Norfolk, Virginia, and he had beaten his wife's ex-wife um, Beagle to, to death. And I don't know how we found that story, but we we did we created a petition, and we were very upset. We were in touch with her, and she was like thrilled that that wow, how'd you find me? And I I don't know, we just did. And anyway, the case went. This was it must have been around June of 2019, and then it was May or it was March of 2020. He was convicted. He pled guilty, but he got off on a plea deal. We don't know what the, the terms of the plea deal were, probably not much. And and again, we didn't even really know what we were doing, thinking, okay, now we're up against the Navy, but we were, we, we didn't know what we were doing. So, but we were mad, I can tell you that. So when we got that information, we were very mad. So we said, let's, let's create another one now to, let's see if we can get him stripped of his rank. Let's see. We did and we won. <laughs> And we worked with Layla. Yeah, I'm sorry, the dog's name was Layla. We worked with John, the, the woman, his ex-wife, who filed for divorce, obviously, immediately after the dog was beaten. And she was so excited. And we wrote, you know, to, to the commander and the, the the Navy general. And 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 anyway, they stripped him of his rank with our petition. So we were we were really thrilled. And we thought, wow, this works. And I can, we continue to think, wow, this works. And I always tell people when they say, do petitions work? I say, well, think, think. George Floyd, that worked. It was a protest. It was a protest. The world changed because of that. And hopefully one day the world will change 
with animals because of because of petitions and protests. So it's 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 that sort of thing. But anyway, that's one case that really stands out. I have so many cases um, that stand out, but that was one. The other case, of course, and this was the first year we started, and this was our biggest case ever, and it was the Michael Vick dog fighting case, and they were going to make him a Pro Bowl. Pro, the NFL was going to make him a Pro Bowl captain in January of 2020. And I got to be honest, I didn't know anything about dog fighting at that time. Penny did. And Penny said, we got we to do this petition. We gotta, and I said, really? You're like, is this going to, we really want to do this? And she said, no, trust me. So the little bit I did learn, we put it together. We got 387,000 signatures. It was our most ever. We were blown away. We, we lost we when I say we lost, we we did they made him a Pro Bowl captain, but we wrote we we spent so much time. We wrote to Walt Disney World, any of the sponsors, I don't remember, Verizon, the NFL, ESPN, you name it. We just kept putting letters out there saying three hundred eighty seven thousand people are saying no to this, okay? And somebody else on change.org started a petition also and 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 they had oh more than us. In any event, it was well over a million people that were saying, no, 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 we don't want this. And there was a lot of controversy. Joe Michael Vick did his time, blah, blah, blah. Okay. We, 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 we agree. He did his time. If he did, if he learned his lesson, whatever, but we're saying, we're not telling him not to play football, but we are saying, don't honor him. We, is this what we want our children to look up to? Don't honor him. That's all we're saying. Okay, go ahead. Let him play football. Let him do. We're not saying don't give him a job. Don't do anything like that. So that that was the premise behind our petition. But of course, it stands out in our mind. It was very, very. It was a horrible, horrible thing. And actually, he's up again for a nomination. And we started a petition on that. And we just don't feel it's right. So I don't know where we're. Total aside. I got to work with those dog. Some of those dogs after. When I was in massage school, we had a training at a shelter that had them, and I got to do some massage on some of those the dogs. Oh, that's wonderful! That's wonderful news, Ann. Yeah, best friends. They they allowed us to use all the pictures. The last Aww. the last dog died last year. Aww. I think it was yeah, it was just last year. I think the last the last one standing. But yeah, there's a lot of information out there. People want to know about a lot of people have done documentaries and things. I had to educate myself. And anyway, it became it became a nightmare for me just thinking about it. The the it's one of the worst. It's under it's organized crime, and it's of course it's illegal in every state. But it's finding them. And we have a recent case with the the Pentagon official, who's been involved with dog fighting for the past six years. So we we created a special page on our website for it. What? What just? Wait, back up. A Pentagon official that's been involved in dog fighting? Yes. Yes. Well, it was a Pentagon, one of the Pentagon officials, and he's been the, the, it's a, it's a, it's a federal case now, but yes, he's, he's, he's out there waiting for, waiting for his trial. I mean, what? You can find it on our website. It's, it's one, I don't know where, let me see, where is it? Where is it? It's unbelievable. It's, uh, I mean, it's you can just do dog fighting on our website. If you go to animalvictory.org anytime, we've got, we, we, we just, we, we put together a new website. We've got little categories now, these little round circles that float across the top of the screen. If you want to look at cats, if you want to look at dog fighting, if you want to look at birds, whatever, and it will take you to all of those petitions. But dog fighting, again, as we grow, we want to continue on this topic and do as much as we can. ASPCA does a phenomenal job. Of course, they've got, we're, we're a speck in the dust compared to the size of them, but there are organizations working on it and have a lot of resources to do it. So our job is just to continue to create awareness and, you know, and day, we had a, someone on the show, John Kelly profiler, who has a YouTube channel. And we were kind of, we were talking about the, the roots of this stuff and more from the angle of like, how do you, how do people end up doing these things what where does this come from is it nature nurture the whole argument and mm. just thinking about that talk when you were talking about the woman with her dog who had been beaten to death that it was 75% of women who have companion animals who who are in relationships with people who have these tendencies where they harm women um end up in 75 of the percent of those cases, they will target the animal or threaten the animal. So there has to be 
people like you advocating for laws to make it so they just can't do this, this kind of thing. There has to be some kind of repercussion for threatening even. Yeah, that, that is a topic that's very near and dear to my heart. Fortunately, it's never happened to me, but um, I don't know, maybe in a past life it did because it's very near and dear to my heart. There's an organization out there called Red Rover, I think it's redrover.org, and they do a lot. They, they take in women who are terrified because of the domestic abuse. They're terrified that their, their spouse or boyfriend, I'm speaking specifically of women, I'm not saying that men are battered either, but the majority of the cases that I've read about or, or heard about have been women being abused. So they're terrified. They don't know where to go. They're, they're, they're battered women stuck in relationships and the spouse is going to take it out on their pet. Their anger is going, they're going to take it out on their pet because the women love, you know, they, they love their pets so much, cat or dog, but they have nowhere to go. And that's another big issue we face in this world. There's nowhere, there's no, there's no shelters. You can't bring pets in shelters. You can't bring dog and cats in shelters. So Red Rover, uh, I don't know everything about them, but I love them because they do have a great big organization. I believe they're on the West Coast where they provide resources for these women. And they provide places for them to go with their pets so they, so, so they can get out. That's a huge topic. And the National Link Coalition, I love this this organization also. They just became a nonprofit. They need funding. They're wonderful. They do all of these studies about the, the link between domestic violence and animal, and, and animal abuse, domestic abuse. I think that's where abuse. I got that information that I quoted there was, was from the link. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're wonderful. They're wonderful. I, I, I promote them and I, I've talked with Phil. He's the, the um, founder one day I hope to be able to do more for them. One day I hope to be able to volunteer for them and come on here. Raising, oh, you need to talk to them. He, he, they're wonderful. I did do a, oh, it was, I did a Zoom with, uh, I don't remember who it was. Oh, it was, it was a, I think it was a sheriff's association and they were trying to get educated on the, the correlation between it, it wasn't, it was it didn't have to do with guns. It had to do with domestic abuse and animal abuse. Okay. It, it was, it was a really good Zoom meeting. I remember at the time, but yeah, I, I can reach out to Phil too, if you like, and just tell yeah, him to come on your show. Yeah, I'd love to have him on. I think there's just there's one connection there with. They have, I, I have a little link on our website from Animal Victory. People are always saying, how do I report animal abuse? What do I do? The best thing out there right now, as sad as this is, is Phil's National Link Coalition's page. They've got a page with yeah. a map. He's got the okay. whole, you know what? I actually, I don't know why this is sitting here, like from the papers that I had from the show I did yesterday, the research I was doing. For so, it, see this list? This is from that website. It just yes. seems to be two pages sitting left over from my notes. And it you can yep. click on any, any. You, you any, click on your state and you find anywhere and it will take you to what state whatever state that is and it'll you can go there and it'll tell you what to do to report animal abuse so that's for it, will tell you. Mm -hmm. it, it tells you because every state you go to your state and then you go to your county he's got it by county and then in that list it will tell you who who is in charge of of handling animal abuse cases or suspected abuse and it's either they have their own either it's the police department or it's an animal control office officer within the police department or uh, every every jurisdiction is different. So that's where it kind of guides you. Most people don't even know where to begin to call. I'm sure the police get called first all the time. So that kind of is a guideline. And at one point, when I, I remember Phil telling me, he says they can't keep up with it. The numbers change and the, the, the things change. And I thought, right. boy, I'd love to be able to help and work on that. Maybe I can get some of my people to work on it, but there's just never enough hours in the day. Okay. That is something that does need work. If anybody ever wanted to volunteer and do something like that, I'd be happy to talk yeah, to Yeah, please do. How would people reach out to you to go to, go to animalvictory.org and just go to your contact list or your contact form? Email me. Email yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. So, but that's something that does, and, and that's the closest thing. Oh God, so many databases are needed, but it's animals are at the bottom of the list. I hate to say it, yeah. but they really are. The good news is that there, the good news is that there is social change occurring for animals. There are more and more groups out there. There are more and more people advocating for animals and, and working to change the laws or doing what we're doing with petitions or creating awareness, whatever you have to do educating themselves. So, so there's, it will change one day for, for sure. It, it, it has to change. It, it does. Um, it's the pace is slow. I, I was absolutely shocked because my, 
my aunt wanted to adopt a dog and they had, they are my aunts in Houston, but they found a dog that met with they all the things that they needed. It was like had to be friendly with cats. They wanted a certain kind of hound or something. And so they found one in Georgia and the the dog had been shot three times in the, the face head area. And she was saying that, I guess the, it's a hunting dog. It's a dog that they use for hunting. And apparently if these dogs don't perform well, people just kill them, them, kill them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'll just let them go out into the wilderness and be done with them. And apparently the police in that area tell them like somebody had seen this dog and went to the police and said, there's this dog. We've seen it a couple of times, just walking around. It looks like injured. And the police officer said, just leave it. And I was like, how, how is this still happening? Where's the education? How, how are this, how are these police not? And I'm a, I'm a supporter of the police. I'm not saying putting all police down, but it's just shocking to me that um, with all the, the social awareness and the things that have come to light that people are now talking about all these things that through the years were very like dismissed and people didn't have a lot of respect for certain people's feelings about certain things, how animal rights is still kind of just lagging. Like it's just not quite up there with um, my opinion. Else. It, my opinion is all, it, it, it comes down to money. Of course, with, with these jurisdictions, a lot of them are, are poor and they don't have funds. There's no room in the jails. The jails are filled with murders and, and baby abusers, and there's just not enough resources. So but this is everything cool, we've been real. If they would, if they would educate that the people who are hurting animals are those still, they're the same people and they may be preventing us somebody from hurting a child or. Very true. If very true. At the level of when they've hurt an animal. Very um, true. Very true. But but the majority of the time, that's why animal um, abuse cases will be dismissed or or they get away with just probation. There's no room in the jail. So regardless of what the maximum sentencing may be, which is what we fight for, the, the majority of the time they don't get it because of that reason. Um, but there are other factors that come into play. The criminal history, the statute of limitations on a particular crime. There's many reasons why somebody may get a lesser offense. It's, they're not all dismissed. It, actually, that, it, in the good news, that's where, that's where our job does come into play with our petitions. We just say, please don't dismiss this case. Please do, do everything you can. And when we put victories out there, sometimes people will say, you call that a victory? And we're like, yeah, we do, because usually these cases are dismissed or thrown out because, again, it comes down to money, comes down to funding and money. So there's a lot of backwards things still going on. And my heart breaks when I get these emails from people. What can we do about this? What can we do about that? It's it's so so it's the laws that need to change. We don't work on the laws. That's not what we do but the laws do need to change. But even if they're changed, it, they, the laws need to be enforced. Like you said, boy, how come the police didn't do anything about this? Well, because the police have their hands filled with other things too. Not that they're always Maybe. white. We know I that. No, they're in the but, rural Georgia. The, I don't know how busy they really yeah. are. I hate to be. Some, some of these rural towns and yeah, mines is really unbelievable. And that's, I could talk about the ladies from Wetumpka, Alabama. There's, there's a, case in point right there what was that is that the those are, are those the women that were feeding the cats that those are the women that were feeding the cats right and that, yeah so they were so, so you have these two women one one i think in their 80s and one in their 50s who've been feeding cats in this area for some period of time and the story is that the the, the authorities don't like these women or people are complaining. The mindset, I think a lot of times when they see people feeding stray cats is, oh, it's going to bring more cats. It's going to be more, more cats. And perhaps it does, but these ladies are also getting them spayed and neutered. Something that you, you and I were talking about either before or last time we talked. And, and that's the critical thing here. So they're, they know that they know that yes, they're feeding the cats, but they're getting them fixed with their own money. And that's a lot of work and they're, and, so the goal is to stop the population. So why why the police and the other authorities don't understand this is beyond me. But they didn't in this particular case. And so they they 
word is that they, they kind of had it out for these women. They just wanted them to stop. So they were coming up with every excuse to say why you can't do this. Well, you are on private property. And maybe they even talked to the owner of the property who said, I don't want the cats there. I'm, I'm throwing this out, trying to formulate what might have gone on here. Okay, we don't have all the facts, but the facts are that they were feeding these stray cats for a long time and, 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 and they'd help stray dogs too. Um, and the police didn't like that. So they were out to get them. And, and there are, we've got, we've got it on our, our website. There are some things that the police have done. They did handcuff them. They did do some things of that nature. It was so ludicrous. It was so absurd to, to put somebody in jail. Anyway, the ladies, there, there was an attorney, he was a retired judge, William Shashi, and we connected with him and he was doing this. He was so disgusted and he had to fight for them and he did a wonderful job. We, we, we would talk to him back and forth. And anyway, the case finally, finally got dismissed. It created national attention. The New York Times, remember the New York Times called me and I was talking to them about it. That it was, I think it was that, that case. I get confused. I don't. It might have, I was talking to so many people about it, but I did, it, it made national, national news. It was, it, oh yeah. And even international. So the the case did finally get dismissed by, by the judge, but it was, it was a fight. I'm telling you if, 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 and I'm not saying that we created all the awareness. There was another petition about it. Word spread. I think it was the son or somebody who wrote to the, it started in the, the at the newspaper, the local level, mm-hmm. and, which is how we caught wind of it. And then we involved ourselves, of course. Uh-huh. So, so that was a good thing. So now, and then they started a GoFundMe, and I know they made a lot of money. I was so happy. I, 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 I haven't yeah. checked it since last year, but I think they got maybe you know eighty thousand, something big, some big dollars. Yeah. And you know, I was like, oh, kudos for them because yeah. they're going to use all that money for the right reasons. And right. it's so, so that was a wonderful outcome. So that story will stay with me forever. I love it. And I remember in the beginning there was another case. I don't have all the facts. It's on our website of a woman, I think Iowa or Ohio. And she was an older, like maybe late seventies. And she was feeding stray cats and they wanted to put her in jail for 10 days. And I don't have all the background. Again, we had just started the petition. We just heard of it and we just started in this business. And I don't know if we sent our petition in, but I don't know if it's our petition that, that stopped her from getting jail time or not. Back then, we again, we were still green in the business, but they didn't put her in jail. But I remember that they said, well, she has to get some counseling for her depression because of feeding these cats. And I thought, are you kidding me? You talk about a thump on the head, backward thinking. Like, uh, And those are the only notes we really have from the petition. Wow. But but uh, uh, can you imagine? I, maybe she said she was depressed and that's how she got off. That's all I could think of. Okay. But wherever we get the news from. Got it. <laughs> So, well, I'm wondering too, like, what kind of things do you think? It obviously, obviously, it's the 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 caring and the concern level of the court system that you're dealing with. But what else? What can you do? What do you do to get past some of these hurdles? Do you find that there are certain people within the court system that you just kind of get lucky and? A case has somebody like a really good um, person involved, whether it's the prosecutor's office or the DA's office, or how, how have you learned to navigate these hurdles? What kind of things have you learned along through all these years of doing this? That well, that's a great question, and the the biggest obstacle we have is the lack of court information. So we, we spend a lot of money on our software just to be able to keep up with the cases. We still have cases from 2019, go figure. We've got a case that happened last year and her court date is 2028. 20, I don't even remember the facts of why it, it, it's a dog fighting case. He was sentenced, but the woman, his wife, girlfriend, whatever has not yet. So the biggest obstacle we have is just a lack of information online. And again, it goes back to funding or, or they're not keeping up with technology. We would try to email a petition or send a, we send flash drives directly to the courthouse. Now in the beginning we were emailing and they said, well, we can't do it email or you have to go online and submit something. And we couldn't even get our PDFs are 300 pages with signatures. So the technology is, is probably the biggest obstacle, but there are, there are a lot of, courts that do have good systems and and that makes it very easy for us 
but we have to do a lot of we're on the phone a lot well jan and michelle from our office they they're on the phone one of them has to get a set of information the other one's responsible for a different set of information but what helps us the most is when we do get receptive prosecuting attorneys state attorneys and they write back and forth to us we got it it's okay. The, the good news is everybody here hates animal abusers. And so we chat back and forth. Now we can't publish this information because, you know, we, Penny and I have a policy. We're not going to put their phone numbers and their addresses on there because we don't want to get a bad name. We, we, we're on a mission. We know this is what works. If we have to put a phone number out there because somebody needs a lot of people coming after them, we'll do it. But we try to keep it as professional as we can. This is our petition. And we're trying to work with them, but there are a lot of great attorneys out there who help us and say, we're on your side, we get it. And they keep us in the loop. So that's the good news. But then there are some, we don't, we don't hear from, and I don't know if they're afraid that we're going to publish information. And, and there's, again, going back to the obstacles, it's definitely the, 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 the court interaction, mostly with the attorneys. And then you can't always blame the attorney because the attorney may change or the case has gone on for so long. Mm -hmm. Now it's somewhere else. But again, there is good news. I know you're waiting for me to say it. I'm trying to think of what it is. But more and more people are into animals and they hate animal abusers. There's one case that was in, uh, was it Ohio? And his name is Jeffrey Holland. I I remember his name and he was so wonderful. And he's probably one of the top attorneys and or his agency in in the nation that fights animal abuse cases and i think we're going to start to see more and more of that as time goes on people are just dedicating themselves to animal welfare but that was like a, a case with the sanctuary repeat offenders that sort of a thing and he's it, it was great and he relied on our petition in court i remember that was so great because he said i relied on your petition at the at the ending statement in the court and he was like so grateful and that was like such great news to us it was such it was like oh they can all be like this. And and so we, we, we tell attorneys, use the petition in court. <laughs> Don't be afraid to say it. Say yeah. what you have to say. Yeah. And I have seen programs, specifically trainings for attorneys to focus on this. Like I've seen Animal Legal Defense Fund talking about sending out things for attorneys to specialize in, in this field. And we need... Yeah. Animal Legal Defense Fund, where would we be, where would we be without them? They're wonderful. Yeah. Um, organizations like Animal Legal Defense Fund, National Link Coalition, wonderful, wonderful. We need them. But again, I go back to animals are still are still at the bottom of the list. The Giving USA Foundation, when I was first studying a lot of this, when I first had my first nonprofit back in 2015, I started it. And I did a lot of research on giving and charities for animal welfare. And I, I was like amazed to learn that animals, there's, there's about 405 this was back then, I don't know the statistics, $405 billion given to charity every year. And animals was, was at the bottom of the list. Mm-hmm. So maybe 11% of those funds went to animals. And animals still to this day don't even have their own category. They lump them in with the environment. If you're ever online and you're, you're doing something, they could be a drop-down category. You couldn't even find animals. It, 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 they lump it with environment, so they don't even have their own category. And, and I would... That's something I was going to ask you about was, is how do you know who to give to? I mean, I know that's a question that comes up a lot for people. Well, yeah, yeah. How do you know who to give to? It's all research. Go and do your research, do your fact checking, go and and ask them. I've had people ask me, we'd like to give to you. What do you do? I'll get on the phone. Let me tell you what we do. And then you decide. It depends if you... Giving is emotional. You have organizations out there like um, GoFundMe and Change.org, and they are for-profit businesses, but people are going to donate the money to the cases they feel they're struck by emotionally, okay? But you have to do your fact-checking the best you can. There's a lot of information at our fingertips. Research, go to their Facebook page, go to their Twitter page, see so many followers, ask them for their impact, see what they can give you, talk to them, email them. You can find a lot of that information and make an educated decision online. The problem is when you get these scam charities and and there's more and more every year because everybody donates, everybody's asking for donations. Mm -hmm. The problem is that emotional factor that I just talked about when somebody just, bam, you know, I need some money. Here's my puppy with a bloody paw. Okay. Here's, here's $5. So 
so you have to be careful of, of that, those kinds of places. And everything is, you have for charities, you have places like GuideStar, which is now called Candid and even Charity Navigator. And those are the two largest rating, charity rating organizations in, in the United States, to, to my knowledge. Those are the two knowledge. I'm sure there's some others out there. But people will say, well, you're not on Charity Navigator. Well, I can't be because you had, it takes a year to get on there. And then at one point you had to do a million dollars to even be on Charity Navigator. So, yeah. And, and these, these organizations, they're not rating you what you sign up yourself as a charity you say i have to call put myself on and say oh i have animal victory disaster and abuse fund this is what we do this is our board of directors and you have to keep up on that profile so they're rating they're rating in, in as much as you have to put your financials on there and you have to put your trans you have to put that information on there but that's really the only information they're not doing they're not, background yeah. on you they're not yeah. true Exactly. Exactly. All they're saying is all they are is a database for people to go and get a see the charities at a glance. And and it doesn't mean that charity is good or, or, or that they're not good. Go. You have to talk to the charity themselves and, and go to their pages and, and, and you do the best you can try to educate yourself the best you can. But I think that the, the, the biggest is what I said. It's emotional, emotionally based. So when something terrible happens, and that's actually how I got started in the business. If that's another podcast for another day. And that had to do with Cecil the Lion. I was wondering how you, and I think people are kind of wondering, how did you get involved in this, in this work? I'll see if I can bullet point there, if I can bottom line this. I actually have always loved animals and I was um, doing TNR for 20 years. I was working with cats and I had a dog, but I was single for a long time and cats were easier. So I just did <laughs> a lot more with cats at the time. But how I actually transitioned to, I volunteered at a, a no-kill cat shelter for a long time. That's how I learned about that, that side of the business. But it was 2015, it was June or July, and Cecil the Lion was killed. Do you remember Cecil the Lion? Yes. And he was killed I, in... Because not everyone may remember. Yeah, this was in 2015, so we're going back about nine years. And he, he was killed in Zimbabwe, and this was a lion that was being studied by, I forgot the institution, somewhere in London. So he had a tracking, such and such thing on and they were tracking him for, oh, I don't know, I'll just say 10, 15 years. I forgot. Now I'd have to look it up. But they were tracking him, and his name was Cecil. And there was a wealthy dentist from the United States who, who they pay lots of money to these organizations to be able to do the, the, their trophy hunting. And he killed this lion, Cecil. So the reason it became international news was because it was a wealthy dentist from the United States and you're in Zimbabwe and then the lion had a name and was known and blah, blah, blah. So it was a huge uproar. And if you talk to the people in Zimbabwe, the conservation, they're like, Cecil who? Like, who's Cecil? They didn't, they didn't even know who he was. Yeah, It's a fascinating story, but the way I got started was Cecil. So I remember I thought, oh gosh, I heard about this again, the emotional factor. I just wanted to give like $10. Who here, Here's $10. I care for Cecil. I don't even know what I was donating to. I didn't even know what they were going to do with the money. I just, it's my way of saying, I care. Here you go. Here's $10. Someone take care of the problem. That was the issue. I couldn't find anybody collecting. And I thought, what the heck? I'm busy with my own life, right? I'm like, well, I, I can't, I can't find, I'm trying to give away $10 and no, there's no one to take it. And, and, and it bothered me. It bothered me so bad. I started a business. I started a nonprofit. And I said, there's so, because I, I would give all, I was constantly giving money to animal welfare charities. My husband kept saying, if you keep giving money away, we're going to be in the free cheese line. <laughs> so at that point, I thought, well, I'll just create a business then. So, and I did, I did. It, it, it was called American Red Lion. And, and I kept it up until I started, up until I needed to devote all my time with Animal Victory. In 2019 so that's so I, I i kind of put it down it was it was it's a whole nother uh thing it's it's still a needed program and we kind of do that with the animal victory disaster and abuse fund we kind of recreated it okay. what i did with american red lion and basically i worked as a middleman to get funds to these charities because one of the things i learned when it had to do with disasters mm -hmm. one of the things i learned along the way was that when disaster strikes, whether it's a hurricane or a fire, the, the, the war, the Gaza-Israel war, whatever it may be, 
people want to donate like I wanted to donate and they don't know who to give their money to. Right. And now most of the funds for animal welfare, well, you've American Red Cross, but they deal with people, humanity. And then you've got Humane Society, ASPCA, and most of the people only know of those two organizations, both wonderful organizations. And they're giving their money and even PETA maybe, but they're giving their money to these organizations, but those funds don't trickle down. In the United States alone, there's probably about, last I knew, 30,000 animal welfare rescue rights shelters out there trying to trying to rescue and save animals and do their thing and they're not again the the, the when you go back to that giving fund that 410 billion if animals and the environment are getting 11 billion of that the top five percent generate all the revenue generate 87 percent of the revenue so so if there's 10 billion coming in i think the big companies asbca humane society best friends some of the big players all rightfully deserving of funds, but you've got 25,000 other smaller charities, sustainable, credible, some of them, most of them, hopefully, that need some funds. So this is this is all the research I was doing after Cecil came. And I just, I, I went over to the university, we moved to Wilmington and I, I went over to the university. I was working in their one of their rooms and I, I just kept researching. I paid people to help me learn about all this. It was, it drove me crazy. So I really thought this is how we this is how we need to help. So that's where the disaster fund came in because Penny and I both, with our backgrounds, had so much extensive knowledge on these different charities. Like when you say, "Who do you donate to?" We 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 just have so many databases between her skills and mine, and between who we know, we've, we're connected with a lot of them too. Mm-hmm. So I don't even remember what your original question was. I'm moving <laughs> on. And I'm- well, you, you you did answer it because the question was people often wonder who who is uh, who, who is donate, to? donate to how do we know that it's legitimate and you kind oh, of we talked about Cecil. yeah we talked about Cecil. how i got started that is how i got started and then how you got started right that's how i got started it, one thing led to another and and that and then when my my best friend gave me a cat and i was about 38 that's when i really it was my late 30s and i always blame her <laughs> when I'm in the, I didn't think you were going to save the world, you know. She said, I gave you one cat. Awesome. One cat. That's that's my joke. That's my joke with her. <laughs> said, Look what you started now, you know, I can saving saving the animals in Gaza and Israel, doing the best I can. Well horrible you know, situation. I don't mean to No, bring that I, I know you you mentioned that you're doing you do more locally for good it makes sense from from what you're saying, but I do know you have a little bit of connection to that through someone over there. Is there an update on any of that? I don't want to put you on the spot, but with the animals. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a sad situation. A, a little bit of an update. I talked to Annalise the other day and there is no food coming in. Now, Saeed, and he's got Salula's Animal Rescue. He's one of the only rescues out there in Gaza. And he, I don't, him and his team or volunteers, whoever was left, they, when it, the war first started, they moved the animals to South Gaza and there was food available and we fundraised, we gave them as much money as we can. And then we were looking, searching for people in Israel, but Israel wasn't really warranting from what we couldn't find anyone in the, initially. Okay. And believe me, I got my best friends from Israel and she couldn't find anyone. So I said, we were, we were using funds for that. And then we are now working with a, a, an Israeli group who, who's near the border and have taken a lot of animals. And anyway, the situation is dire. I wish I had better news, but now the, 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 the group in South Gaza, they don't, there's no food for the animals and human food is very, very expensive. So they're trying, they're, they still need funds to buy human food for the animals. And they're trying to, he was trying to buy a donkey, a couple donkeys to relieve them of the burden of wherever they were loading the animals. He literally, he had an apartment for, I don't know how many cats, a lot, 150 cats. And the dogs were outside two apartments he had rented. And now the other situation where it's let the animals live in Israel and they're doing wonderful work, but their veterinarian is, is, is held hostage. And her name is Duran. So she's yeah, the veterinarian for them. And so it's just a horrible, horrible situation. They're doing wonderful things, wonderful things. And I found some really wealthy people to start donating to them myself. I did because we can only fundraise for so long and, yeah. oh, well, we can fundraise for as long as we want, but we, 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 we have so many projects going that we ask our 
that we're involved with, but I did find a couple of wealthy people to start donating to some of those organizations. So it's what I can do. But the situation's dire. It's sad. It's just, it's sad. It's sad. I did see uh, one veterinarian. I'm not sure if it was her, but I don't think she was being held hostage. So I don't think it would have been her unless it happened after, but she was on like News Nation being interviewed. I think it was News Nation. And she was talking about just what just very sad, you know, what they, at first they thought the animals had been kind of spared and then they realized that it was because they were gone that, that because of what had happened, it wasn't that they were just kind of like, Oh, it's so wandering it's, off. It's that they had been, it's just, it's, Oh, it's, it's, it's a, horrible. It's a, it's, it's, it's one, it's the worst thing I've had to work with. And in the beginning, again, because of the um, politics involved, that's another thing. I said, Penny, nobody's helping the animals. Every time something comes up, Penny and I were talking about this for days and hours on end all day long. And uh, I said, I don't see anybody collecting. Again, it was reminding me of CISA, like, how come? And then I realized a lot of these organizations, there was so much controversy. They can't lose their big donors over it, depending on what side they're on. If they're Palestinian or if they're Jewish. So uh, me, sometimes you know, I just put it out there anyway. So, well, let's just try. We, we worked with, we talked to Annalise. Do you want, do you want us to try to help? Oh yes, yes, yes. And so we did, we did. And, and, and we got in it and I don't, I don't broadcast it, but it's still there. And I'm still, I have some other online platforms. They've just, I got a couple thousand dollars coming in from them. When the money comes through, it's a corporate thing. So it'll take another month. It's just such a, a horrible time in my life to have to watch this situation. Everybody's so yeah yeah i don't have many words but that's where we are with the the we're staying in touch as we get money we send it okay um thank you guys for being there and doing all yeah we had a couple people that weren't happy with us and i thought oh geez well i know we yeah we have people yeah they're leaving us and that's that's how i that's when i realized that's why these other organizations aren't out there you don't Uh, see the humane society or asbca out there collecting do you you won't see it Nope, you won't. But there's one one other group I forgot, a big, big group. I, I like them. I like, most, I like all of them mostly, but mm-hmm. they're out there helping. And I, I was happy. And they were doing things with the bigger animals, lions. And okay. Mm-hmm. I don't, again, it's a dire situation okay. that we have to just it's come to grips with. If people were interested in helping, they, again, they could go to, through your website. Yeah, you want to donate directly to them, that's fine. Or come through me, you'll get a tax deduction. Um, through us, I, you might get a tax deduction. I don't know how that works, to be honest with you, if you donate to Israel and Salula's got a PayPal. Honestly, I don't know if it's, uh, you can't, you, it has to be through the United States PayPal because okay. I don't think they operate in. Oh, okay. Right. Right. Yeah. Country. I don't know. I don't know, but donate through us or if you want their email addresses, links, I'm happy to send those to you. They're on our website. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they're, they're, they're on the website. They're linked into the project page. org. The, the mm-hmm. here at the bottom of the screen. Yeah, you have to go to the projects now. Keep. I don't want to confuse your 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 listeners, but we actually have two businesses. We have the nonprofit and we have the for profit, and that's a whole other podcast. If anyone was ever interested, the petitions, but they work together. But we started the nonprofit. We started the for profit for various reasons. We made it a for profit. Uh, but we, we we're kind of like a B corporation. We're hoping to get to that level. It's a, it's a, an organization where we, we give, we give back like a lot, especially <laughs> organization. Right. Um, so, uh, that's what they call them. They call them type corp type B, B corporations. You have uh-huh. for profits, not profits, and this is a B corp. So we're not a B Corp, don't get me wrong, but that's the direction we're heading into. So anyway, but we started the nonprofit for donors that did have larger amounts of money and wanted to donate a couple thousand dollars so that they can get their tax right off. And so now we do all of our projects, if there's something like the war through the nonprofit, but the it's, it's, it's confusing. I'm happy to talk to anyone on the phone about it, but we work, we work on a lot of small donations, $2 donations for the petitions, for the petition business. Prom- and that helps. Them. Does that help when people who don't have well, a that's lot? The that's the majority of our funds. Two dollars. Mm-hmm. That's all. like just give us because all of those funds we have to just keep using to promote the petition. Mm-hmm. We lose a lot of people each week because it, they can't look at the stuff. They can't yeah. look at the graphics. They can't look at. They can't read the story. They're they're depressed. They're this, and we get it. We understand. We don't hold it against you. They'll write and tell us, or or we just lose them. They, and we know why. 
yeah. really wants to see us in their email every morning. They just don't, but we just keep plugging along. So our goal is always trying to get more subscribers and, and, and that's well, you know, so more that for people to hear though, that even if you can't afford to send a lot, a dollar, $2 does. If that's oh yeah. Is. Yeah. We have a minimum $2, but I, I don't even think, I think you can probably put a dollar in there for mm -hmm. all I know, but we, because there's the fees and some, sure. it could be, a but to something happens, there are things, there are cases, I'll give you an example of somebody disputes a $2 charge because they don't know who we are on their credit card. Um, PayPal will charge us $20. So that's why a lot of times people have minimum $10 yeah, donations. Yeah. That. Mm -hmm. So um, we don't get that often though. It happens once in a while and PayPal has stopped charging us because oh, think about it. We've been around for a while. It says that's you can't good. do this. Yeah. <laughs> that's nice to know paypal is nice about that um, they're very good yeah. okay they're just one but all right so this is there's so much this is such a rich topic and i feel like we could just talk all day but i'm, I'm wondering just to kind of help people narrow it down so they walk away from this knowing okay obviously donating signing the petitions is there anything else that you recommend people get involved with or not? Is that pretty much what? Obviously signing the petition. Sure. Getting, get involved, get involved, report animal abuse. Even if it goes nowhere, just keep reporting, keep using your voices for the animals. They can't talk. Spay and neuter is the most critical, critical thing in the world right now, because we've got to stop the overpopulation because that's why there's so many animals being abused. It's not even the euthanasia. At least they can put them down humanely. It's just the, the, the cats, they're starving. The dogs are starving or are being abused or getting, they're suffering. They're suffering. There's nowhere to put them. Yeah, absolutely. So spay neuter is, is the most important thing we can do in our world to stop animal abuse. Okay. Very good stop point. Population. To mm -hmm. to and sign our petitions. And sign the petitions. So go to <laughs> animalvictory.org and get on their mailing list and then sign If anyone card. fights, we fight. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And something free that you can all do is. Yeah. If you would like to learn to talk with animals, <laughs> go to my website, intuitivetouchanimalcare.com, or use this little QR code, and you can take a free class. It's a 90-minute class, Unlocking the Secrets of Animal Communication. It is free. You go to that website, and it will take you to that to the courses page, intuitivetouchanimalcare.com, and please share that with, with others who might want to learn how to, to communicate with animals and give them a voice. So... Again, here's the thank you, Mel Mac, for she she spelled it out here. It's the actual website, animalvictory.org forward slash petitions forward slash. I, you can just type in animalvictory.org. You'll get there. And you'll you'll get there. So get there. thank you so much for enlightening us. And thank you so much for the work that you're doing. It is heavy duty work. I am not sure I could do it. I know how hard it is sometimes even when I'm dealing with clients when things that are going on in their lives it's heavy it's it's but this is this is a lot sometimes i as i said i can't even totally read the um, petitions that come through so i just want to thank you for hanging in there and doing all that you do it's sacrificial it's and it's it's a lot to you and your team to be doing for helping the animals and you are doing a lot so thank you and, and thank you so much. It's very important work without question. And, and just, just help all the organizations you can. Anybody who's fighting for animal, for animals, just te teach your children, teach your neighbors to be kind. Right. Yeah. <sighs> we, yep. we need much more, but we'll get there. Yes. Yeah. If we just keep doing things like this and keep talking about it and please share this episode, everyone, it, it will help just by sharing it. And I just want to say happy holidays to everybody out there. I may not be here again until after the new year. I'm not sure. I don't have anything lined up yet, but I don't know. But I just want to thank everybody who supports this channel, has been here throughout this year and the years before, to my channel that is, it grows a little slower than some. I really try to keep to a certain standard, and I it's an educational channel, so... I just appreciate the people who are committed and come here and like and subscribe and, and watch and share. It really does make a difference. And thank you so much. And I hope that you have a wonderful anything that you're celebrating right now. And Happy New Year and Merry Christmas. And and thank you again, Janelle. And please hang out. Don't go away. Okay. Thank you, Anne. Thank you for listening. Thank you to your listeners, too. Thank yeah. you.
Thank you so much. And I want to also thank you so much for everyone in the chat. And Mel Mac, thank you so much for your amazing support and modding for this channel. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. You remind me of things that I would otherwise completely forget. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. God bless everyone. Rub my belly. Rub my belly. Love a nice massage in a belly rub. Nothing makes me feel more relaxed. I like my ears rub. I like my paws rub. I like my back rub. I like my tail rub. I like to relax while I have a massage. It's Rub my belly, rub my belly, rub my belly, my belly, my belly, rub my belly, rub my belly, rub my belly, my belly, my belly. I like my ears rub. Rub my belly, rub my belly, rub my belly.